the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastor Dawn here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. My God, my God, what a mighty God we serve. What an awesome prayer we had this morning. (laughs) God is in the prayer answering business, and I thank God for every word that was mentioned this morning on your behalf that you will see the manifestation of God's glory over your life. I wanted to come before you this morning as it is hot off the presses. I feel God's anointing this morning. I thank God. We were talking about on yesterday, or maybe it was the day before that, we were talking about um, uh, having to sever ties with toxicity, uh, toxic relationships. And and I shared my testimony about my family and some of the challenges that we have had and and how God had given me a reprieve away uh, from the family for a while, for a season. I don't know how long that season's going to last, but I'm better away, my God, as I can pray for them and, and cover their souls as God intended and not have all of this emotional gunk in the way. Amen. But we talked about it, and I wanted to expand on a few ideals uh, and a few thoughts um, that that came to mind, that came to mind. Uh, Let's go before the throne before I start getting into this topic today. Father God, in the precious and holy name of Jesus, we thank you once again for your presence. We celebrate you for your guidance. We thank you for governing our souls and our hearts and our minds. And Father God, we surrender to you this morning as I be prepared to bring a word to your people. I ask, Lord God, that you will bless, Lord God, that you will speak through me. Father God, hide me, (laughs) that your people will only see you, my God, and that they will not see me. I thank and praise God even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. I pray that God will word my mouth, but I really thought that it was important that we talk about the... um, unhealthy and toxic bonds that we developed uh, in families. Uh, A lot of times our dysfunction becomes the way that we function. And so I've been reading up a lot on the topic. One, because it's very near and dear to my heart. And also, I believe God wants us to heal. I really do. I really do. I believe God wants us to heal. Uh, but some of the things that I started to uncover as I started, you know, just taking a deeper look into this topic was a lot of people have suffered all types of abuse. My God, my God. It breaks your heart to know uh, how fallen this world is and how evil uh, this world is and and those who we Uh, should be able to trust those that we should be able to build uh, 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 vulnerabilities around are the very ones who exploit our um, weaknesses. They exploit our um, vulnerabilities and and they manipulate. And so um, one young lady was sharing her story 
of how as a Christian, she's, she was in ministry for some years and she shared that how as a Christian, she had to uh, make the conscious decision to separate herself uh, permanently from her family because she had made several attempts to reconcile in a godly manner in a godly manner, but she was unable and unsuccessful in doing so. And some of her stories, she shared that she had been uh, molested at a very young age. It started <clears throat> early uh, with one of her stepbrothers, and and I couldn't um, I couldn't understand whether or not it was a blood relation or if it was someone that was married in. But nonetheless, she was very young. I believe she said maybe eight or ten. Uh, when he started uh, molesting her, and the family victimized her. They villainized her, is what I'm trying to say. They villainized her because they did not uh, want to deal with the behaviors or the the fallout uh, from what this young young man was doing inappropriately to the young lady. And I can only imagine you know, because there were other children in the home and, and you know, surrounding things. So their fear of, uh, you know, what could happen gripped them. And plus, I, which I don't understand as a mother, you know, as a mother, the mother uh, wanted to protect that stepchild. And so I, I never, I never understood, you know, these mothers out here who knowingly, knowingly protect these people who perpetuate this heinous um, atrocity against their children. You know, I, my, my faith would be shown up challenged, <laughs> you know, with my kids. And, and I'm not saying that my children have not gone through anything and I don't know everything that they've gone through. And I'm telling you this, I don't care who it is. I don't care who you are or or what your status is in my life. If you've molested one of my children, one, you better not see me (laughs) because even God came down from heaven and went to hell for one of his, you know. And, uh, but anyway, this young lady had made a determination that she would she would sever ties. I read another story about um, how uh, you know one of the adult parents had introduced their children to drug abuse and 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 using not drug abuse at that time, but the use of recreational drugs and 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 that child was then you know became addicted to drugs and and that lifestyle and and even I know. You know, people who feel like it's okay for them to do that to their children, but you are damaging them. You are you are destroying their ability to a fair shot at life. You are destroying their ability to a fair shot at life um, when you do these things. And we try to normalize these types of um things that that people do because you are in a place or position of authority in these children's lives so you feel like well I'm hey I'm the parent I'm the parent and and if I allow this to happen then it's okay no it's not okay 
It is not okay. You are damaging that child's ability to succeed with their peers. You are damaging that child's ability to be functioning and fully functioning in a healthy way in society. God has principles. <laughs> he absolutely does. And each and every one of us have to live by his principles. And one of the things about me is that I recognize and acknowledge that I am severely dependent upon God each and every day to live out a Christian life. I cannot do it on my own. Let me tell you something. In my flesh, I'm a hot, hot, hot mess. I am a hot mess in my flesh. And there's nothing about me in my sin state that is of any good use. <laughs> so I have to constantly get into my word. I have to constantly come before the Lord in prayer. I have to get into, you know, just listening to the word of God. And, and I'm talking about the Bible. <laughs> I got to Sometimes it just takes that, you know, to get me back together and to get into his presence and just pour out to him. And I know the struggle. I understand the struggle because we're so common with this flesh. You know, it's hard for us to release it and to kill it daily. But the word of God is clear. It is clear. This has no benefit for us, for God's kingdom purpose. And so I don't put myself above or beneath anyone in this world. But what I can say is right is right and wrong is wrong. Holiness is the standard. Righteousness is our guide. And so Jesus desires for us to live holy and righteous lives. And we know that we cannot do it on our own. And see what the enemy will do. He will trick us into believing. We'll become so complacent with our lifestyles. He'll trick us into believing that, hey, because it ain't no immediate consequence to what we're doing. <laughs> then we can just keep on doing it. You know. People will, um, in, in their ignorance, in their ignorance, in the body of Christ, especially in the church, um, people will condemn you for decisions that you make when you have to sever ties with toxicity. See, the thing about it is God does not love evil. It's impossible. It is impossible for him to love evil. And therefore, he does not desire that we love evil. He never gave us the mandate to forgive evil. <laughs> he never, I mean, we got, it, we got it way twisted. As a matter of fact, I did too. You cannot, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't uh, compel a demon. You can't, you can't, you can't compel them. You, you will try. You will try to eat you alive because they see it as a weakness. When you try to compel their senses and, and their reasonability, you try to compel them. You cannot. You can only expel demons. 
Spiritual deliverance is real and it needs to be had in the family. In the family, we walking around here broken generation after generation because our pride tells us that we don't need to be delivered. You need deliverance. You need deliverance. If you are in a marriage and the husband or wife has introduced infidelity into that union, deliverance needs to be had because doors and gates have been opened to the enemy to where he is bringing curses upon your children. And you're wondering why that disobedience is coming forth in the way that it is manifesting through your child. And you think, oh, well, you know, this one or that one. They're just doing this and they're just living their lives and and they'll learn. But some of our children don't have the opportunity to live long enough to learn the lesson. Listen, the enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'm not trying to to put fear in you because we know that we have the victory through Christ Jesus. But what I'm trying to do is bring a reality, a reality to your uh, understanding so that you know he's not playing games and he is not, uh, um, he is playing for keeps. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy And we walk around here, we want to be under a fantasy. Listen, if your family has dealt with um, molestation, molestation, and and I'm talking about in any form, uncles humping uh, nieces or nephews, (laughs) cousins screwing each other, you know, any, any level, any level, aunties, you know, and, and typically it's not the females, but sometimes that happens. I'm telling you, I've been reading up on this stuff. People being relate, uh, relate, <laughs> people being raped by relatives, being raped by uh, close friends, never speaking it, dealing with it in silence. Deliverance needs to take place. And until deliverance takes place, and what I mean by deliverance is an expelling of those demons. Those demons got to go. Because, see, sometimes they manifest themselves in such a way that if I am the victim of abuse, I did nothing to cause it. I did nothing to warrant what happened to me. But the enemy uses that to trick my mind into believing that I have a right to defile my body. And so I've been molested. And then I uh, um, I'm not going to say desire, but I, I develop a lifestyle of violating my body by becoming promiscuous. Maybe, you know, because I was raped by an uncle and I'm a female, I don't like men no more, so now I'm going to be with women. You know, because I was raped, you know, at a young age and, and it opened up that appetite of sexual desire, now I want to be out there and, and, and just give myself to whomever because there's no value associated with it. I'm, when I tell you this thing is so significant, 
that you've got to take the time and step back and handle things the way that they need to be handled. Stop let, sweeping it under the rug. You cannot sweep it under the rug because here's the thing. The reality is that we have an assignment here in the earth, but we have an expectation that there will be something beyond this life. And so if we are living to live again, (laughs) we got to get all this gunk and junk out because the enemy will come and deceive us in such a way that we believe that as we self-medicate ourselves with, you know, marijuana or or, or alcohol or, or even, you know, these kids be popping them, um, uh, what the, the Percocet pills, that's heroin. That is heroin. You are pumping heroin in your system. And they don't even know. They so oblivious walking around here like zombies. Don't even realize that their lives have been stagnated and just paused. Came to a, a screeching halt. You ain't moving no further than you been when you first started messing with this stuff except it causes them to be angry and they start doing crazy stuff, pulling guns on each other, ready to kill each other over the simplest things because they are under the influence. But guess what? It was because that door and that gate had been opened by molestation. God allowed me to have a dream. Um, This was after my mom had passed and, and it seems like God has been opening and, 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 and that prophetic gift that he's given me. It just seems like it's just flowing after, after my mom passed. I just, I keep having dreams and, and keep hearing from God and, and keep seeing things. But nonetheless, I had a dream about someone that is very dear and near to my heart that, that I don't have any um, cognitive knowledge of them having had been molested or touched. But in this dream, that person came to me and as clear as day, they sat there and they told me what happened to them and they told me who did it. I began to pray. I began to pray for that broken soul because I knew and understood that something like that, that level of trauma, that amount of violation, especially when you are still in the midst of that person. Listen, protect your family. I don't, I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. And I'm, I'm going to just, you know, throw that disclaimer out there. I ain't saying I was the best parent. But I did what I thought I could do to protect my children. But because I know that that spirit, that 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 demon of uh, incest and rape and sexual immorality has been something that has been prominent in our family for generation to generation to generation, while I may not be privy to that information, I'm not ignorant in believing that it didn't reach my house. I pray that it didn't. I'm not knowledgeable of those things. And I oftentimes, I pray God, expose it to me, reveal it to me. 
because I want to be a support and, and, and help in the healing process. If any of my children has been through that, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I can't go back and, and redo the past. And again, I'm saying this from a place and a space of not knowing that anything like that happened to my, my children. Now we had a we had something that occurred, and I'm not gonna disclose that because it's not for me to disclose, but I dealt with that. <laughs> you know. But overall, holistically, when I look over my protection of my children, I was very watchful and I was very mindful. And even with my grandchildren, I tell them, I tell them, can't nobody touch you there. That ain't that ain't the right place. And every now and then I ask them, anybody touch you there? <laughs> you know, if it ain't mommy, if it ain't daddy, if it ain't, you know, changing your diaper or whatever. I want to know because I'm not playing with no demons. I'm not playing with no demons when it comes to my grandbabies and my children. And so I would say, especially to mothers, to mothers, protect your children. Whatever it is that you are seeking in this world, nothing, nothing, nothing will compare or replace the love or the brokenness that will come from that type of violation to your child. It will sever and break your relationship with them because they look to you to protect them. We know the people that we have around us. I've made some, some, some strong decisions. I've made some strong decisions in my life concerning my children where if I knew about it, if I knew about it, y'all, y'all can't go over there. Y'all can't be around this one. Y'all can't do that. And I, and I didn't care, and I still don't, who like it or who don't like it. Protect your children. And what you cannot do in the physical, you need to protect them in the natural. And I started going down this route about the molestation because that was one of the articles that I have read, but also protect them from people whose values are incongruent with the standards that you are instilling in your family. My kids, my kids cannot sit up under people who just freely and arbitrarily get high. And I'm talking about when they were children. Now, as adults, they do things. And I pray, I'm telling you, I pray for mines. <laughs> I pray for mines. I remember when I was growing up in the church, the first lady used to always tell me, she said, I'd be glad when you get saved for real, for real. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, God is going to use you in a mighty way. And I pray that prayer over my children. Lord, let them get saved for real, for real. <laughs> you know. If my children are out there smoking that weed, popping them um, Percocets, I pray for their deliverance. I pray that God will deliver their souls because I know 
that the enemy's goal, his end goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your mind so that he can destroy your opportunity to live out God's kingdom purpose for your life and he can snuff you out of here prematurely. See, he ain't slick. His ways have not changed for decades, generations, centuries, okay? He ain't changed. So we have to be careful. We have to be very careful that we protect what God has given us governance and rule over, which is our households. Look, I don't have no uh, concern about what anybody thinks about what I do or what I have done to protect my family. Because <laughs> like I said, the Bible, it doesn't tell us that we must forgive unrepentant people. It does not. It's nowhere in the Bible that instructed us to continue on in an abusive, unhealthy, and toxic relationship. God does not desire that we do that. He does not desire that we be mistreated. That we tolerate abuse. I don't care if it's a family member or not. And it's most of the times, it's the family members who suffer from their own issues. That have unlimited, unguarded access to your children and your family. And they cannot help themselves. All they're doing is what they know. Passing it from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. My husband always says, um, and I know if he if he listens to this podcast, he may not be happy with me sharing this, but he says... When he was out in the streets, he he did some things in his youth. You know, I'm not sure if he proud or or whatever about it, but he did some things and and he was out there. Um, And so he would share that even though he was doing things, he would never introduce that, condone or welcome his nephews or and and really not his nieces but more so his nephews because he had a closer bond with them and 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 trying to you know mentor them and 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 be a father figure but he said he would never introduce them to to that he would never introduce them to that bringing them into that lifestyle because he was living it and I, in some way, I can honor that. I can honor that because I know if it's my kids, <laughs> you teaching them the street life, and you know that that's contrary and incongruent to the values that I have. I'm not saying that my kids live those standards. I'm just saying that those are the standards of my household. And anybody and everybody who knows me knows that to be true. But when you are in a dysfunctional, toxic relationship, 
People will not respect your boundaries. Let me tell you something about me. I'm, I'm, I'm the auntie that, number one, you come around me, you're going to be respectful. You know, I, I just, it's, it's certain standards. But at the same time, I'm going to respect you. I'm going to show you the utmost respect. And you will honor the values of your parents when you are in my presence because I see myself as an extension and a representative, a representation of my siblings with their children. I do not cross boundaries. I will not do it. And any of my nieces and nephews know you you assert the A. Uh-uh, not over here. You ain't gonna do it. You know, and even sometimes if the parents allow them to do certain things, you ain't gonna do it in my house. But for sure, you're not gonna dishonor your parents. You know, I'll sit and listen to the things that you may have to say and try to coach you into a better relationship and a healthier rapport with your parents, but we ain't about to sit up and chop it up. <laughs> you disrespecting your parents. I ain't that I am not that auntie. I'm not the one. I I feel like I'm a lot like my mother in that it, it's just certain certain things. That lady was so principled, and I'm telling you, it did not matter. It didn't matter to her. If it was a principle that crossed our line, uh-uh, she wasn't going for it. And she was all about uh, uh, position in the sense that, you know, a child has a place and an adult has a place. And, and, and I believe that that's biblical. I believe God has a, a hierarchy of order that should govern each and every one of our lives. And so in a place of authority in the lives of our family members, when we become the elders, we have a responsibility. We have an obligation to them. And in the sense that we should not be the ones perpetuating the toxicity into their lives. Um, look, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm the mother, I'm the auntie, I'm the friend that ain't going to sit up and let you think that because you're doing something that it's okay. I'm not going to normalize your toxic behavior, especially when it is detrimental to your life. When it's causing you damage and detriment that you can't even see. I used to tell my one of my girls, I, you know, well, I think maybe all of them. I may have even told all my kids this, but I would say, you know, I'm thinking about the 40-year-old you. <laughs> Why you in your 20s and 30s and, you know, can afford to be silly and mature and childish. I'm thinking about your future. And so this is why I address things that I address. We have to be very, very careful. We have to be very careful because when it comes to family, oftentimes family will have an entry into 
our personal space and into our lives that other people won't. See, we are good. Some of us are really good at evaluating people and identifying danger zones, what they call a red flags. <laughs> they be like, that's a red flag. We're good at doing that for people who are strangers. We're, we're, we put our guards up. But when it comes to family members, we, we drop them. And what I'm saying is today, God is saying, I don't care what has happened. I don't care how bad it is today. I don't care how bad it could get. Stop it today. God is going to grace you to turn this thing around. I'm telling you, we are in a season of healing. He's ready to heal us, but we have to receive it through deliverance. Deliverance must take place. Deliverance must take place. If you have been molested, if you have been raped, and you feel like, I'm just a, I'm just healing. God is saying you need to be delivered. You need to be delivered. Yes, that happened to you, and you had nothing to do with it. It was not your fault. You were a victim. It's okay for you to to heal, but you need to be delivered. Because that thing will occur over and over again. I I used to think about um, how some people who have dealt with rape or molestation in their childhood, when they get older, sometimes it happens to their children. And then when it happens to their children, they look at it like, oh, well, you know, they'll get over it. They'll be okay. And I used to be like, well, how how is that possible? (laughs) that this person can be so casual, cavalier with it. And it's because they experienced it. I used to say this thing about Oprah all the time. I'm like, my God, girl. Just because, and I feel, you know, I have a lot of sympathy, empathy, and compassion for what she's been through, but it seemed like you want all of us to see that and experience that through her work, through her art, through her movies and all of that, girl, I don't want to see that mess. It's it's shocking to me. It's shocking to me. But anyway, I find that some people who have experienced it when it happens to their children, not that they're cold or callous, but there's a there's somewhat of a disconnect because and 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 I don't know this to be true, but I can only imagine that they feel like, well, if I survived it, you know, they they can too. But you gotta peel back that layer and understand that when it happened to you and you didn't have the protection that you needed, now your child is going through it too. You need to protect your child. You need to deal with your child. I'm telling you, the word of God is like a two-edged sword. Nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say today. But we got to deal with it. We got to get to the root of it. We got to get deliverance. We got to bring forth deliverance because it is occurring generation after generation. That demon is 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 really uh, uh, setting itself it's taking up root in your family and it's just growing and growing and growing and growing. And I'm telling you, that demon gets so bold. It go from taking sex, raping your children, 
in one generation to the next generation taking sex, raping your children, and then they become comfortable with it. And then in the next generation, they just say, hey, it just is what it is. I see uh, my baby was telling me about this the other day. You know, that it seems like there is a, a um, campaign to turn this, you know, sexual immorality, the, the pedophilia, into something that is normalized. They want that to be the new normal. <laughs> Stripping away, you know, uh, guidelines to say you have to be at a certain age to have uh, consent to sex and allowing uh, predators to be able to have uh, ungodly relationships with children. I'm telling you, the enemy, he he is persistent. He's shrewd. <coughs> and he is clever, but he ain't more clever than us. Cut him off. Cut him off. Cut them off. Nothing is more important than your relationship with your child. Nothing. Cut them off. Stop giving them easy access. And even with the abuse, sometimes I deal with, you know, families that, you know, they're so verbally abusive, so verbally abusive. I protected my children from that. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. And and there's certain things they feel like, you know, I was, and I don't mean to laugh, because I take very seriously the pain and the mistakes that I made as a parent because I made a lot of mistakes. But my kids, you know, they may feel like I was verbally abusive to them growing up. And, you know, I did physically discipline my children. So they may have felt that I was physically abusive. And I'm praying for healing in those areas and deliverance. And deliverance. Because nobody is exempt to this mandate that God is giving us in this season. This is why I'm coming to you today. Because we got to get it right. We got to deal with the reality. People want to live in a fantasy. People are broken. People are broken. People are destroyed because of the things that they've been through. I realized over the weekend, my husband and I, we were talking. And and he and I, we used to have these long, long talks. I'm telling you, we would talk for hours. (laughs) You know, and that was just the build of our relationship, the foundation of our relationship. But I never knew until this weekend that the most prominent area of my life my husband was unaware of because I never shared with him the pain of the abuse and the suffering that I endured as a child. I've shared it with other people. It's common knowledge to some. And I'm learning, or I I learned, you know, when I reconnected with my family, some of the family members didn't know. <laughs> and I and, and look, I only share one of the many, 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 many stories. But I didn't realize that my husband uh, was not aware until he started asking inquiring questions that I thought should have been common knowledge. He didn't know. And he told me he didn't know. He didn't know that I had gone through the things that I had gone through. But as I felt that those things had been resolved, 
And God had healed me because I stopped crying. When I would tell the story, I realized upon my mother's passing, all of these things began to unearth. And so I realized I had not been healed because I had not fully been delivered. Deliverance must take place. You have to know and understand that God does not ordain nor does he support the abuse in any form of any body. Nobody deserves to be abused. And we especially could not give a free pass to our family members. We cannot... We should not tolerate any hurtful behavior that damages our family. I'm telling you, cut them off. Cut them off. Cut them off. If they are living a life, I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. If they are living a life that is not pleasing to God and it will uh, um, possibly influence the direction of your family. mm -mm. No, we don't we don't live like that over here. Now, if that's how you want to live, that's up to you. But we don't do that. (laughs) I'm not judging you. (laughs) I'm just telling you. We, we don't do that over here. And I don't have those types of influences over my family. And what the enemy will do, I'm telling you, I've seen it done. He gets so slick. He gets so slick, he try to come through the back door. <laughs> See, he know he can't come straight way. He can't come, he can't come from the front. He'll come through the back door. I've seen people who did not appreciate the standards that I built around how I wanted my family to be reared. And they try to come through my kids, not knowing that it's built in them to come back and tell me. I don't care if we are in the worst estranged relationship. My kids are going to come back to me. People will influence your family in a way that takes them away from the core values that you're trying to place in them. My mother used to always say, you know, she'd make excuses for us because we were a hot mess. But she said, you know, it was good until y'all started going around other kids. You know, y'all were good kids until y'all started. But break the cycle of abuse. Break the cycle of abuse that comes with toxicity. I don't care if it's with your family, with your job, with your church. I don't care. I'm th- Listen, I'm just not talking about the church right now, but we can get on that. I'm, we built an empire, an uh, institution of uh, uh, just regenerated and regenerating narcissists. <laughs> These are so- 
in the church, you find some of the worst narcissistic people. And their narcissism is based on their entitlement that they feel they have as a kingdom citizen, as a servant of God. Ain't that ridiculous? It's, it's almost oxymoronic. You got churches that establish the, you know, what they call the first family who have superiority and, and, and authority over everybody. They just superior in everything. I call it, uh, uh, <laughs> I call it church welfare. They living off of the dollars of the church. <laughs> y'all might as well call y'all church job and family services. Folks living, getting rich off of your tithes, your offerings, and then they turn around and snub you. And treat your kids and your family like they're less than them, like they're peasants. And and these people are kings and queens. Are you serious? It happens in the church. I'm telling you today, cut them off. Because God wants you to get truly healed and delivered. People talk about church hurts. People talk about family hurts. People talk about skeletons in the closet. God is exposing that and not exposing it in a way that... You know, <coughs> oh, he going to show you off so you can reap what you sow. No, he's exposing it in the sense that um, you'll, you'll get real change, real healing, and true deliverance. It's like when we go to the doctor and we have some of the, you know, most embarrassing situations that we have to deal with, but we got to expose it to the doctor and let the doctor find out everything that's going on unfiltered so that we can get fixed or or get on the plan <laughs> to, you know, to healing. This is the season. I'm I'm so serious about this. This is the hour. And don't be surprised as we go through this process if God begins to expose things. Now, I'm I'm not going to tell you, you know, to pull out your nine, nine milli and go blowing people's brains out. That ain't what God desires. If he exposed something to you, pray about it first. And I'm telling you, I'm here to pray for everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what our relationship has been. I I take this assignment so seriously. I know God is about to bring healing and deliverance in such a magnificent way. I've been praying for revival. We got to repent. We got to repent. And when I say repent, not just be sorrowful for your actions, but turn from your ways. That's what he's looking for. That's what he desires. And so I wanted to jump on here just for a few minutes. I had some talking points that I wanted to just expound on from our conversation on yesterday. But I just want you all to know that God wants you whole. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be uh, released from the bondage of what these dysfunctional and toxic relationships have done to you. He wants you to be healed, and it is a process. It is a process. It's not going to happen overnight, but hey, it might. (laughs) Yeah, it might. 
But I celebrate God for bringing us to a place and a space such as this. We got to allow him to heal us. Some of the mental illness that is suffered by our family members, our loved ones who are dealing with things is because they've been violated. They've been violated. Exposed to sexuality and sexual things before they had the maturity to consume those things. (coughs) To even know what they were looking at. You know, physically abused, tormented emotionally, tortured, bullied, manipulated, lied to, treated like they're nothing, made out as an outcast. I'm telling you, God is healing in this season. We got to be accepting and willing to receive from God. I pray for you, those who are listening. I pray that God is touching your heart today. I pray that he's prompting you to just surrender and to just cry out to him and to to release and say, God, I need you. I need you right where I stand, right where I'm at. I need you to turn this situation around. I need you to help me to become whole in you. Father God, touch our hearts and our minds, Lord God. Help us to receive from you over the next few days, Lord God. Expose things to us, Lord God, that we've never seen. Show us, Lord God, your glory. We need you to help us do this. It's not a cliche saying. It's not a a name and claim it. It's not a, a cast statement that can pull us out of this. We need your power. We need strategy. We need your anointing to help us to get through this. We're tired. We're tired of going from generation to generation, suffering and living in pain. But we trust you. We trust you, Lord God, for revival. We trust you, Lord God, for restoration and reconciliation. We trust you to restore us to where you desire for us to be, that we begin to walk and your perfect will for our lives. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your might. I thank you, Jesus, and I honor you today. For you are a great God and you are greatly to be praised. It's time. It's time. And I thank you today. And when we get deliverance from this thing, it'll never (coughs) revisit our household, our legacy, our lineage, and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do, for what you've already done. And we celebrate you, God, that we will see the manifestation of your glory. We will have tangible evidence and witness to who you are. We won't have to manufacture a testimony, but we'll know that your miracles, signs, and wonders follow us. I honor you today. I praise you today. Father God, in Jesus' holy name, we pray. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We seal this prayer with our faith, and we ask, Lord God, for immediate manifestation of your glory over this prayer, and that you will dispatch your angels to do that which you have commissioned them to do. 
and each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. Be good, y'all. Walk in victory. Pastor Don loves you. In Jesus' name. Bye-bye.